Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Achari Mos. Yes, we are this week, and we will be for quite a while behind Eretz Yisrael. They read Achari Mos this past Shabbos, which was Achron Shal Pesach for us, and for them it was a regular Shabbos, and uh, they couldn't eat chametz. Interesting. Okay, Achari Mos contains but. 80 psukim, it contains no less than two positive mitzvos and 26 restrictions. The parsha is easily divided. The first third of the parsha deals with the laws, the avoda of Yom Kippurim, the special service that was performed by the Kohen Gadol, Achas Pashana, once a year on Yom Kippur. The middle of the parsha speaks about the bringing of korbanos specifically to the Beis Amigdash and the restriction of blood. And finally, the last part of the parsha is that of the arayos, the prohibited and forbidden sexual relations that Interestingly, we read as well on Yom Kippur afternoon for Mincha. I'd like to share with you one Pasuk and the interpretation that both Rashi and the Vilna Gaon have on this very important Pasuk. As a bridge between the middle and the end of the parsha, the Torah tells us, one, not to follow the ways of Mitzrayim from which we've come, and not to emulate and copy the ways of the people of Canaan to which we are going. And the Torah concludes that short section in chapter 18, Pasuk 5, whereby the Torah says, Ushmartem, you are to guard and observe Chukosai, my laws which you don't have reasons for, Shatnes, Paraduma, mixing kosher milk and kosher meat, Vesmishpotai, my laws which you do understand, which are sikhli, asher yaseh osamo adam, that man shall perform and do the mitzvot of Hashem, v'chai bohem, with which you live, ani Hashem, I am God. Now what does that mean, v'chai bohem, that you live through the mitzvot, ani Hashem, I am God. So Rashi learns for Chaybohem to mean Le'olam You're going to live with these mitzvos for eternity in Olam Haba, in the world to come. Says Rashi, Shim Tomar Ba'olam Should you explain it to mean in this world, Halo Sofahumais, in this world we are destined to die. And therefore, for Chaybohem, Tarashi has the understanding of forever, and that's Le'olam Haba. Interestingly, there are not many verses in our Torah that speak about Olam Haba. This is well worth taking note of. Ani Hashem, I am God. And what does Rashi say? What does it mean, I am God? Ne'eman l'shalem schar. Trustworthy, that he will pay a person reward for their performance of mitzvot. Now, interestingly, this Pasuk is the one that is cited at the end of the Gemara Yuma, 
where the Gemara Yuma is giving sources from different psukim in the Torah that teach us that pikuach nefesh is doche Shabbos, that God forbid if somebody has chest pain on Shabbos afternoon, we don't say, well, maybe he uh, had too much chant. The answer is we call the ambulance. We don't take any chances. So the Gemara Numa 88b cites this pasuk as the uh, uh, source of that, namely that you are to live with mitzvos and not die, except for the big three of idolatry, adultery, and murder. The Vilna Gaon has a different understanding of this verse. He says the following, these mitzvot that we do, that man is to do for Chai Bohem, and this gives an assurance of life. Who wouldn't want to live? Who wouldn't want to do mitzvot in order to be blessed with life and long life? says the Pasuk at the end, Ani Hashem. That's not the reason for doing mitzvos. Do mitzvos because Hashem told us to do mitzvos. Ani Hashem. That's the motivation. And pause. The next time we are privileged to recite a birkas mitzvah. Women, this evening, when you light Shabbos candles, so listen to the words of the bracha. Asher kitshanu that Hashem sanctified us, made us different with His commandments, but we do it because He commanded us to do it. And therefore, doing the mitzvot gives us life, but that shouldn't be the motivation. The motivation should be Ani Hashem. I believe that is a very proper segue to pausing and remembering for a moment the Kedoshim. Acharimos Kedoshim is not just a Melitza that li- literally after their passing if a Jew dies for one reason and one reason only and that is because he was killed as a Jew the Rambam writes in Igeres Hashmad, that that person, whether he was an observant Jew or not, that person is considered as dying al Kiddush Hashem, and therefore they have a share in the world to come. And not just a share, a very proper, wholesome share in the world to come. I'd like to just share with you, now that we have experienced the performance, the privilege of performance of mitzvot in our homes with families, it's worthy of pausing and taking note. And I'll be sharing with you several insights from the Sefer, the Holocaust and Halacha by Irving Rosenbaum, where he cites heavily from Rav Oshri Zatzal and discusses several very fascinating 
tshuvos and questions and answers that were asked during the Shoah regarding the Yom Tov of Pesach. I can only tell you that in Bergen-Belsen, the rabbis formulated a tefillah for those who are compelled to violate the laws of Pesach and before they ate chametz on Pesach, they composed a Yehiratzon, just as some have the um, custom of reciting a Hinani Muchanum Zuman. And whether you recite it or not, don't change. If you don't recite it, that's fine. And if your family custom is for many years to come. However, the bracha that we made was thank you Hashem for commanding us to eat matzah. And before eating chametz in the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp, this is what they said. Ovinu Shabashamayim, our Father in Heaven, it is known and revealed before you that it is our will to do your will. We want to do Ritzonecha. We want to observe the festival of Pesach through Matzah and by not violating the prohibition of Chametz. And for this, our hearts are grieved that our enslavement prevents us and we are in danger of our lives. And therefore, we are prepared and ready to fulfill your mitzvah of this week's parsha, v'chai bohem, that you are to live with the mitzvos, v'lo sheyomus bohem, and not die because of them, and to carefully heed the warning as found in parshas for eschanan, u'shmartem ma'od l'nafsosechem. Therefore, take good heed and guard your life very much. Therefore, it is our prayer unto you that you keep us alive, Preserve us, redeem us speedily so that we may observe your mitzvot and we can serve you with a perfect heart. Amen. Amazing. Listen to this. A number of people in the forced labor camps had managed to secure a quantity of dirty potato peelings as well as a small amount of flour. They wished to mix the potato peelings with flour to extend it and bake matzah to eat on the first night of Pesach. This would be permissible according to the Gemara since meperos, the liquid of fruits, when mixed with flour, does not cause chametz. However, it would be necessary to wash the dirt off the potato peelings, and according to the opinion of the Gemara Psachim, Lamit Ches, as found in Shulchan Aruch, a mixture of water and the potato liquid could cause chimots. Okay, now, the authorities do not agree on this. Rabbin Otam and others do not consider the product of such a mixture to be chametz gomor. However, the Rambam does. So what should they do? So therefore, Rav Avram Shapiro, the chief rabbi of Kovna, ruled that the potato peelings could not be washed in water, should be wiped clean with dry cloths. The use of water could cause the mixture of the peelings and the flour to become leavened rapidly. But it would be permissible to mix the cleaned, dry peelings with a little flour to bake them into matzah. Amazing. This is what they did under these conditions. And just before Pesach, 
79 years ago. The Germans sent to the ghetto the usual quota of bread, which they are accustomed to distribute to the Jews. This ration was for a two-week period, and since observant Jews would attempt to save their bread quota and not eat it during Pesach but afterward, Rav Ashri Zatzal was asked what to do in this case about the prohibition of chametz that has been in the possession of a Jew during Pesach, which would then be forbidden after Pesach. Chomesh of a Pesach. And obviously you couldn't sell it to a non-Jew, for the Jews were afraid to have any contact with a non-Jew, since this was forbidden under penalty of death. And they were also afraid that even if they did manage to make arrangements with a non-Jew, he might inform the Germans that the Jews were concealing and hoarding bread. And so Rav Ashri, said not only because it's a Bidyevich of a Divyevich situation as the Mishnabrura rules in Tof Mem Ches, Sivkot Mchof Ches, that if a person was in jail or something like that, he can use it after Pesach and rely upon um, his uh, beetle. But listen carefully, Rav Ashri developed the ingenious point that in any case the bread ration did not belong to the Jew and is not legally his, for according to the German laws, all Jewish property is legally theirs. Even the bread ration, which they distributed through the Judenrat, remained their property of the Germans, and the Judenrat was simply their agent for distributing it. This is so, he points out, for if the Germans were to discover anyone taking some of this bread, they would immediately kill him. The questions that they asked, this is so significant, and that is, what do we do for the four cups of wine? They didn't have wine. The best they could come up with, if they could come up with it, was sweetened tea, for which Rav Ashi writes, I use that since sweetened tea might be considered Hamar Medina for Havdallah, I allowed them to use it. I just want to tell you and close with this, that Rav Yosef, excuse me, Rav David Hafstada, the one who, Baruch Hashem, worked on the Dirshu, Mishnah Brura, and Darshas, uh, David, in his introduction, says, why was he blessed with such sayata deshmaya? Because of his mother's mesiras nefesh. His mother hid bread before Pesach, that in order that she would have after but not to eat on Pesach. And on Pesach, there was an order for a march. And people knew that when they were told to go on these marches, unless they had extra rations with them, they could not survive. She digged up this bread. This is what enabled her to live during that march. And the rest, as they say, is history. When we read this Shabbos, V'chai Bohem, that we are to live with Torah, Veloshiyamus Bahem, think of the incredible Mesiras Hashem and Mesiras Nefesh that was done by so many in the Shoah. And we pray and know, Tehei Zichram Brucha.